0: This morning, I want to talk about hero, not celebrity. That's the title of my message, hero, not celebrity. You see, we live in a time where there's more fame to be a celebrity than to be a hero. You know, media is giving us celebrities, but danger and risk gives us heroes. You see, and you know, the gap is wider between fame and greatness. You know, heroism is linked to honor and bravery. I love. I'm reading a book right now. It's called Chivalry to Terrorism. I, I mean, it's a it's it's a great book. The history of warfare, the history of man, how people think, what they did through centuries, and so. It talks about heroes. It talks about chivalry. It talks about where we're at as a society today. And, and but I think heroism. It, 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 it's all about honor. It's and it's about bravery. But celebrities just about links. What that mean? That it's just an image. It's an image. You know, we know this. That on Facebook, people put up images, and that's not who they really are. Come on, you know. Uh, there's no story. You know, Hollywood promotes images on someone. I used to like someone. You, they'd say this. said, I heard an old preacher one time. He said, you know, Hollywood them on them girls. They got, they got, they got faces like angels, but they got, they got morals like alley cats. Anyway, so anyway, that's, I just thought I'd get that out. I thought it was good. But the reality is this, is that we have big names, but we don't have big persons. And see, what's scary? We see celebrities and not heroes, even rise in churches. We have celebrities, you know? We have to be careful today that the pastors are not the center of the church, but Jesus is. That's why I'm here today, because I believe this, we are made, we, we have to make sure that the stars aren't outshining the sun. You see, it's like a 19th century preacher, he said, he said, you don't come across clever and have Jesus come across wonderful at the same time. You see, Philippians 2 reminds us Who the center of affection should be. Apostle Paul shows us who is the hero of the greatest story ever told. And it's in Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11. He says, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every need about. In reverence, everything and everyone will one day submit to his name. And in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, in the demonic realm, and every tongue will proclaim in every language Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God his Father. See, Paul not only wants us to remember. This, but he also wants us to see what the father thinks of his son. I love talking to dads sometimes that love their sons or they love their children and they begin to exalt in their daughters. I'm not here to, you know, be prejudiced. But, you know, when you go and I, I hunt with people and we start talking, about, hey, how many kids do you have? What, tell me about your kids. Where do they live? What, what, what do they do? You know, blah, 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 you know? And you begin to find that. You see, Paul tells us God put Jesus on the pedestal. And we must remember this, and it's all about the Son. You see, Augustus said it like this. Listen is what it says. He said, Christ is not valued at all if he's not valued above all. I'll say that again. Christ is not valued at all if he's not valued above all. It reminds me of a story. And I think you'll get it. The story there was a wealthy man who, who had a son. And he dearly loved this son. He and his son loved fine art. Because he was wealthy, he and his son worked to amass a valuable private collection of priceless works of art. When he was old enough, the son joined the Marines and he was sent to Vietnam. He was killed in action. His father's heart was broken. Several years later, the wealthy man died and the works of art were to be auctioned off there was millions of dollars worth of art to be sold. Art dealers began to crowd the home, wanting to bid on Van Gogh's and Monet's. The lawyer, his lawyer, the, the lawyer got up and he announced to the crowd that before any of the valuable pieces of art were auctioned off, the father, the father had left instructions that the portrait of his son must be auctioned off first. At that, the impatient art dealers, you know, they complain, oh, get on with it. Get, get, to the, get that picture out of the way so we can bid on the real arts. The auctioneer held up the painting of, a, of this man's son. And he said, he'll give me a $100 for the picture of the son. No one replied. Finally, Soldier friend said, I'll give you 20 for it. The auctioneer says, $20 once, $20 twice, $20 sold. At that moment, the rich man's attorney stepped in front and announced to the crowd, Ladies and gentlemen, there's no more bidding. My client had specific instructions that whoever bought the painting of his son would receive the other works of art at no additional charge. Whoever chooses my son gets it all. This concludes the auction. Let me just say this. Whoever chooses Jesus gets it all. Gets it all. Don't get mixed up. It's not what your—it's not what church you go to. It's not who your pastor is. But did you choose the Son? Jesus is the name—the name who gets it all. That's the name that gets you to heaven. Amen. I got the free songs. I got a. You see, there are three things that you need to keep. Jesus as being your hero. The first thing is this. Listen to me. Write it down. Number one, you have to have perspective. What does that mean? Perspective is not what you see, but it's how you see it. Hello? It's not what you see, it's how you see it. You see, the facts, the facts is what you are looking at. Your filter is what you are looking through. Sometimes we can see things and all of a sudden, but our filter messes with us. Hello? You know, and I don't, I'm not going to be long on this, but I battled cancer for nine and a half years. There'd be times I'd get reports, and then I'd have to lay in my bed at night when no one else is around. And I'd go, I believe in life, and I don't believe in death. I believe in the life of God. Lord, thank you for your life. Thank you for your healing grace. Thank you for your power. God, you see what I'm going through. You know what I'm thinking. You promised you would never leave me. You're acquainted with all my ways. It depends on what filter you look through. See, people can give you bad news. Listen, if I would look through the filter that everybody was trying to put in me, I would be in the ground with grass growing over me. That's my body. But let me just say that the fact is what you're looking at. Your your filter is what you're seeing, what you're looking through. We spend a lot of time trying to get God to see things from our perspective. In reality, all he is wanting us to do is see it from his perspective. Hello. While I was in Colorado, I have a a friend of mine. His name's Brooks. He's in the Crowley Church. He had to go to the doctor. We were driving down a mountain. Me and Pastor Sam and the guy Phil. And I, I said, when you get the news, Brooks called me. So he calls me and I told that guy Phil and he stopped on the mountain. There was no other reception but right there when he called. And Brooks said, Pastor Bubba, I got cancer. It's all in my stomach. They got to take my bladder out. There's all these things they're telling me I got to And I said, Brooks, that's what they say. But God is with you. And I began to talk to Brooks. He didn't cry. He goes, Pastor Bubba, I knew when I called you, you were going to put some hope in this dopey old head of mine. He goes, I like talking to you. I like talking to you, Brooks. And I said, I tell you what, and I just prayed with him. I said, if I get the bear that I'm coming up here, I'm gonna name him Brooks. And I did. In, in fact, I sent him a picture when they put the rug and the head together to freeze it. The guy that heard me talking about it wrote down Brooks Bear, Bubba. It's perspective. We've talked several times before. I said I'm going to help you walk through this. I've had people from England call me. Their pastor that I've preached through at their church. You need to call this guy Bubba. He he's walked through some things. He's an expert. I go. I'm not an expert. (laughs) Can I tell you the only ex? (laughs) The only experience that I tell people is you got to fight. You can't give up i we'll talk a little bit more about that. You just got to fight. See, we try to spend a lot of time getting God to see our perspective when he's saying, no, no, see through my eyes. You see, Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord. I like what it says. Always. Well, Lord, you, Lord. And I like what it says. And again, I say, rejoice. He's saying rejoice. And he goes, and again, by the way, even no matter what you're saying, rejoice. Had a precious lady call me Friday. Well, when her, she didn't call me, my wife did. She says, baby, have you talked to blank? And I go, no, what, what's going on? She says she tried to call you. I looked at my phone. She hadn't called me. She says she tried. She just lost her grandson. I had to go to her house. It's her second grandson she's lost in three years. I get up there, talk, talk to her husband, ask him what's going on. We don't even know the details, Pastor, but we just know that he was in an accident and he died. And while I was there, they found out he was in a car accident hit a tree and he died. And then she came out and she began to go, Pastor, but was God mad at me? I raised my, my grandsons. My first woman, three years ago, he's was 24. This grandson's 24. What is it about the twenty four? And I just looked at her and I said, God's not mad at you. Because that's what she felt. It was a perspective at that moment. I'm just here. I don't have all the answers for you. But I know this, that God knows your broken heart. The Bible says he's near to you. Right now, he's near to you. Right now, he's here for you. Right now, and I just begin to pray with her. See, where we make mistake is we often try to view God through our circumstances. This is bad, therefore God's bad. Hello. If I if I want you to view your circumstances through the goodness of God, if you look for Jesus, look at me, you'll find him. He says, "If you knock." The door will be open to you. Come on, are y'all with me? The second thing you have to understand is is that you keep Jesus as your hero. You need it. Second thing is your purpose. What do you mean, Pastor? I hear people say say so often. If they'll say, "I just don't see the purpose. What's the point? Why should I keep trying?" You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my circumstances. How many of you hate pain? Come on, how many of you are lovers of pain? Okay, that's painful if you are. I'm gonna ar- I'm gonna argue that it's that that's not completely accurate. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? People don't hate pain. What they hate is. Pain without a purpose. People can endure a lot of pain if there's a purpose. Some people, pain for money, they have to walk through some pain in order to get money. Hello? Some people run in marathons. There's pain to do that. But when you're done, there's a thrill. Come on. Some people do CrossFit. I don't know why you wouldn't. That, that makes me go to fits if I do CrossFit. Some people go through the pain of childbirth because they're going to have a baby and they can't wait. I remember what Carol Burnett said. If a man wants to know what a woman feels like when she has childbirth, take your bottom lip and put it over your head. That's the closest you can get. Look, I've seen my wife. I don't want any of that. Don't just look at life from a perspective of pain. But see your pain through the perspective of purpose. You know, a lot of people followed me while I've walked through my journey of cancer. They just have. And there's time, two times I should be dead, literally. But I'm here today. I don't even know why. Why did God allow that? There's a lot of purpose that God had to do in my own life to give me a new perspective. To see that if, if you know, it's, how many of you have ever prayed that prayer, God use me no matter what? Okay, the rest of you, I ain't raising my hand on that one, Pastor Bob. I've prayed that. And you know what? God has used me in moments when people have suffered and walked through pain. And I don't understand all their pain, but I know that I, God has helped me through my pain. Are you hearing me? And if he can help me, the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. That means he's with them as well. I don't know what your pain has been, but you're not alone. Jesus, James said it like this. He said, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Let me ask you something. How many of you have ever been tested? How many of you have ever gone through trials? How many of you have ever gone through temptation? Come on. Are you alive? If you're alive, we've all been, you're tested. Just like the goldsmith, when he has the gold, and he, and the gold, the goldsmith has a purpose. He turns up the heat, and when he turns up the heat to the gold, it boils, and all of a sudden, the dross, all the impurities, begin to come out. How I many you had some things come out of you when the heat got a little hot this week? Come on, don't, don't, don't raise your hand. You know, I mean, maybe you were coming to church and you, your wife got in a fight. That's all right. God can forgive you. You know, are you repentant when you drove in? You know. But he turns, up the, he turns up the heat and the dross begins to come and the goldsmith takes that, that dross and skims it. And he knows when it's ready, when he sees a reflection of himself in the gold. We become more like Jesus. God's goal is not to make you happy, but to make you Holy. Will you understand that life is a test? <laughs> How many of you have ever seen those commercials? You know, when weather's coming in. This is only a test. This is only only test. Wouldn't it be great if God announced that a test was coming in your life? This is God. This is the eternal broadcasting system. This is only going to be a test. You think you're going to die. You think things are going to happen. You think you want to quit. This is only a test for the next 60. This is only a test. A terminal broadcast. I've learned this in life. Either you're coming out of a test, you're in a test, or or you're going into it. Come on. Somewhere in the mix of a test. When you understand that life is a test, you realize that nothing is significant, is insignificant in your life. Nothing. James, the next verse says this so let it grow. So when, you endure, when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Look at me. Religion will never get you there. I could put religion on the screen. It's not going to help you. I know this. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. See, we want to give you Jesus. A lot of people want to give you Jesus to add stuff to it. You know, when you get the full dose of Jesus and you see who he is and he meets you in your life, you don't want nothing else but him. Amen. The third and final point is that we all need perspective. We all need to find a purpose why we're doing And the last thing is we all need to be persistent. Hello, I'm not smart, like some people are smart, but I am persistent. You can ask my wife. You see, we want things now. We don't like to wait. You ever see the babies? Now! Mama, now! You've seen those children in the middle. It need a, a deliverance service at the Walmart checkout line? <laughs> That's how we are sometimes with God. I mean, now, now, God. <laughs> and God's going. You can't handle. Can't handle it. God, let me just say, God doesn't build you in seven minutes. He builds you over a lifetime. See, I heard someone say it one time. It says, being a child is you have to learn to receive instruction. Parenting is you give instruction. Grandparents just look back and go, they get perspective. They just see it clearly. Because they were a child. They have been a parent. And you know the thing I love? I love watching my own children deal with things that I used to deal with them, with their children. And I go, wow, they say the same things I said to them. And they used to, they want to go to counseling for the things I said to them. But they're doing that to their children. God bless them all. Because I told them, if I screwed you up, I'm not, you know, that's up to you. You can go get your own counseling. I'm not paying for it. You're off the payroll. See, there was a guy that came, there was a man, a very wealthy man, came to a professor one day and he said, Look, um, I give great donations to this university and uh, I want my son to get through this quickly, as quick as possible. And the wise professor looked at him and he said, Well, let me ask you a question. Do you want your son to be a cabbage head or an oak tree? He said, "cause I've, I've learned this, is if I get him through quickly and I just let him let you pay his way through and everything, he's going to be like a cabbage. not going to last long, and he's not going to be able to face things in his life. But if you give me time to develop him and help him, he'll be like a mighty oak that'll get rooted and will stand the winds of adversity in his life, and it will help him. What do you want? Here's my question. What do you want in God? One thing I've learned in the storm, two trees that I've noticed that didn't snap or get uprooted was cypress trees that are native to Louisiana and Spanish live oaks. Now, limbs could have been broken and stuff, but they weren't uprooted. Not a live oak. I haven't seen it. And that's how God wants us to be. One of the things at the church in Jennings, one of the guys that when we planted, we planted, I don't know how many, we have like 30 oaks over there we planted on the property. And David, Daigle, when he was planting, we put the stakes in the thing and the wires, to kind of brace it. And he said, eventually it's got to get taken off. And then when those trees begin to feel the wind and things, that's when their roots begin to grow. That was just to hold you steady. It's kind of like training wheels when you're trying to learn to ride a bike. Come on. You know? And and it's like, and all of a sudden they get taken off and you're holding, you're running behind your children trying to come on, come on. You're doing it. You're doing it. And mean, yeah, I'm doing it. And you go, yeah, don't look. don't You know what I mean? And they fall when they look. You know what I'm talking about. And, and it's like, come on, you're doing it. You're doing it. And you let go and you're doing it. And you're running by them. You're doing it. Come on. Oh, and you get them up. Come on, you're doing it. And then they do it. You see, I've learned this. When you allow yourself to be planted in Jesus, you endure. You preserve. You weather the storm. You make it through. You don't give up. I've learned this. If God doesn't heal me, I got something better. Heaven. (laughs) Come on. I mean, what you gonna threaten me with? Jesus? See, I've had people tell me, I've, I've had people tell me, I've tried Jesus, but he just didn't work. I just want to say, I go, well, maybe you tried church. That didn't work. You tried Sundays, but that didn't work. You tried denominations, but that didn't work. You said, but you didn't try Jesus. That's impossible to say. You tried Jesus and it didn't work. Why? Because I love the scripture. It's one I've been meditating on the last two weeks. It says, Romans 10, 11, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. In other words, all those who trust in him will never be disappointed. Look, I've gone through things. I had a lady one day, she was telling me, you know, Yolanda came up to me. She goes, oh, Pastor Bubba, my my son, Xavier, he's just going to college. He could be like a fool. He's driving me crazy. And I said, well, Yolanda, did you, did you ever disappoint your parents? She looked at me and said, shut up, Pastor Bubba. <laughs> See, can you, can you name one person that was a true follower of Jesus who was on their deathbed and said, Jesus is a liar and I regret ever having followed him with all my life. Look at me, I've never had that. And I've been with people when they breathe their last breath, and I've been with people that don't know Jesus at their last breath, and before they die, they ask us to pray for them. I even went to one guy, the, the night before he passed away, and he said, I asked him if he would like to pray, give his life to Jesus, and you know what he told me? He said, no, I'll take my chances. The next morning he was dead. You talk about put the fear of God in me. See, Philippians says it like this. Well, actually, Isaiah 45 says it like this. This is God, the Father speaking. Every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. That's the Father. But in Philippians, God, the Father, turns it around and he honors his son. He says this, he said, so that the name, so that at the name of Jesus in Philippians 10, 11, 2, 10, 11, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father God put his son at hero status. He said at his name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Jesus is the hero of our story. Amen? Every time I'm tempted to follow a celebrity or want to be one, I remember Philippians 2. Every knee will bow. How many believe that Jesus came to raise the dead? Come on. I'm How many came, you believe that he really came to raise the dead? Okay, listen to me. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be wise or wonderful. You just have to be dead. That's it. And see, I had to come to the point 40 years ago on May fifteenth, 1980. Bubba McCann had to die. I had to die to my drugs, my alcohol, my pornography, thinking I was God's gift to people. All these different things, I had to lay down my pride. Some people need to lay down their gods. You know, we have gods in this world. We don't have idols that we buy, but we do spend time with things. Our phone, our computers. We, we worship money. We worship things. We worship different things. We bow down to different things. Hello? whatever it may be, looking at things we shouldn't look at. We bow down. I need that fix. No, listen to me. I need to die so Jesus can come and live inside of me. God, many times throughout the Bible, if Jesus is going to be your hero, you got to come to the point where you say, you know what? There's things in my life that I've added. And I want Jesus plus this and that and this. Come on. When God, by his spirit, his Holy Spirit, listen, he said, what he will do, he will lift up the name of Jesus. He will exalt him. Listen to me. I'm 60 years old. I'm 60 years old. I've been serving the Lord 40 years. I've heard a lot of stupid decisions people have made. I've watched people walk through stupid things. And then all of a sudden, they come, they, they live like, just like what they want to all week. And all of a sudden, things, they begin to sow things, their life begins to sow things. But they come to the Sunday in church and they want the pastor, Pastor Jamie, Josh, JJ, or me, or Pastor Jacob, or Eugene, and all different people, but they want, they pray for crop damage on Sunday. Please put Roundup on this and kill it. I can't do that for you. You're the only one. If Jesus is going to be hero status in your life, quit looking to celebrities. Well, I want to be them. I want to be that. I want to be like, no, no. God just wants you to be you in him. I'll say that again. That was, Pastor Bubba, that was good. God wants you to be you in him. Quit trying to be like somebody else. God just wants to have a relationship, a love relationship with you. He just wants you to die to some things in your life that you've put in place of him. That's all there is. If your marriage is jacked up, someone needs to die. My wife gave me the knife. No, I'm just saying, no. Someone needs to die. The most mature person in your marriage is the first one that's saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? I want to change. Come on. had one of my sons that had issues in his life with drugs and stuff. He called me the other day. He had a ticket, and he goes, he called me, and he said, Dad, I need that ticket number. I want, he wanted to take care of it. He wasn't expecting me to take care of it for him. Are you, ser- are you hearing me? He goes, I'm learning about myself. I'm seeing a counselor three times a week. He said, I'm learning why I have addictions in my life for the first time in my life. And when my wife called this said, man, he's getting it because he's really wanting to be responsible Hello? And for us, we have to learn to be responsible for our decisions. Hello? I love that second zone. He fights our battles. I kept thinking about this message. Are we going to let him fight our battles? Will he fight your battle? See, when my wife, I have a picture of myself in the bed, didn't know she was doing this. But I was in ICU and the doctors told me I wasn't told her that I was not going to make it, okay? And she did what only she could do. She called my spiritual grandfather, got him on the phone, and she put the phone where I was laying and she began to pray and he began to pray that God would turn turn the course of what everybody said. Because see, can, can I tell you something? When it comes to the end of the day, Your iPhone ain't getting you to heaven. Your pleasures that you put money towards aren't going to get you to heaven. Your camp, your shotgun, your fishing boat, your bass boat ain't getting to heaven with you. I remember when I was on, before I gave my life to the Lord, God was dealing with me, conviction. I had a praying grandmother. That's the worst. If you're trying to live for yourself, And I remember she would send me Bibles, tapes, and all this different stuff. And and I remember if I went offshore, I would have my my Bible at the bottom of my duffel bag in case the helicopter went down or the boat sank or the rig tipped over. Hello. I was ready. I thought I was ready to meet God. Because, see, this was my ticket. This is how stupid I was. Well, if it di- goes down, I'm going to say, God, I brought that Bible. Now, I never pulled it out. I never told anybody, but I, I thought that was my ticket. You say, that's ridiculous. But you know what? When I hear other people's lives and what they think that's going to get them there, it's ridiculous because it's not going to be your religion. Jesus came, didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make people that are spiritually dead alive. And if he's not living in you, if he's not helping you through this, you have a bad perspective. You're looking through froggy lenses. He has a purpose for your life. He loves you. First, you gotta be willing to lay down your life fresh. And, no matter, I don't care how long you serve the Lord, there are times when we all have to come to that point where we're going, there's things that need to change in me. How many of you know what an inventory is? My dad used to have a sporting good and hardware, so we used to have to count every screw and every nail at inventory time. Every one. God comes and does an inventory by his Spirit sometimes. Hey, I've been dealing with you about this. I've been dealing with you. Are you going to give it up? Are you going to lay that down? Where the devil goes, oh, just don't, don't worry about that. That's just, oh, no one's going to care. No, the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. How I many you know what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn you. He convicts you. That means he just draws you near to himself. That's what it takes. Leave the lights on. Don't turn them off. This This is a message for every one of us. It just is. Yesterday in our nation's capital, people got in. It was a thing called the return. People began to repent for the sins of our nation. People began to cry. I had one of my friends spoke, Rick Curry, who actually our church sent money because he was in Pensacola and his house got messed up, and we sent him two thousand dollars to help him with his house. Look at me. God loves you. He's for you. He's not against you. It's your perspective. But you gotta be willing. The scripture says this the righteous man may fall, but I love what it says. But they rise again. They just get up. God. I blew that one. Boy, I, Lord, I came close to murdering my two-year-old or my six-year-old, six-year-olds, no, eight-year-olds are really No. Fourteen and fifteen. Especially if they're a 15-year-old girl. That's where you I went out, My wife left, I told her, I said, listen, babe. Have a great time and tell all this. And by the way, my name, my, my daughter's Olivia. I said, Olivia, will be here when you get back. Even though, you know, there's some things I'm, in, I'm dealing with. Because I believe one day she will be that sweet, precious little girl again after she gets through her teenage years. And I think that's how God looks at us sometimes. I've left you here. When are you going to deal with it? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Say, Pastor Bubba, that message was for me this morning. I need to begin to make Jesus hero status.
1: There are things in my life
0: that I just gotta let go of and give to God. I gotta die. If that's you, all over this room, that's me Pastor, just raise your hand. I want to know that it's the right, okay, great. We're in the right place, right church, right people. Just pray this prayer out loud we say lord jesus thank you that today i see things clearly i see my selfishness i see my sin i hate it hate what it does to me but most of all how it breaks your heart forgive me wash me with your blood Help me to begin to have a new perspective on the purpose for my life that I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to honor you. I'm going to bless your name because you are my hero. I confess you as my Lord today. I don't need to wait for that day. I'm convinced that you are the lord of my life i love you i want to serve you with all my heart from this day forward in jesus name come on give the lord a hand clap and yourself with a hand clap